We're just over three weeks into the Major League Baseball season. Is it what you expected? Who or what has surprised you so far? No doubt, whatever it is, more will follow. Welcome to In the Bullpen with Mark Dewey, sponsored by Developing Contenders Ministries. You're listening to the Fight Laugh Feast Network. Thank you for joining us. And look who's coming up. High fly ball into right field. She is gone! Major League Baseball teams have played just shy of 25 games so far in the 2023 season. Some teams who are expected to compete for a postseason spot have gotten off to rough starts. The two teams in last year's World Series are among them. The Phillies are currently below 500 at 11 and 12, and the Astros had a losing record before winning their last four games. They are now 12 and 10. I think both of those teams will indeed be in the playoff hunt when we come to September. I believe the Astros are even much better than their 12 and 10 record currently. They just swept the Atlanta Braves. And I think in all of those games, they came back from behind to win each of those games. Two other teams that were expected or are expected to compete that are off to rough starts are the St. Louis Cardinals and the San Francisco Giants. The Cardinals are currently 9-13 and and the Giants 8-13. I believe the Cardinals will be in the hunt in September. A lot of people believe that maybe the Giants were overrated. And that might be too strong of a word. Maybe the expectations were too high. And some are saying, maybe what we've seen so far through 21 games is what we should expect to see over the last 141 games. We don't know. We're going to have to wait and see. But we ought to know this. It is way too early for any of these four teams and many others to panic. There is a lot of baseball to be played. On the other hand... It's also way too early for people to be making postseason plans for some teams that are off to a hot start. For most people, and I would be included in this, the most surprising team so far in 2023 is this team. He got him! Raise the Jolly Roger! These buckos! Have won seven straight. I mean, their pitching is just becoming incredible here. The save for the Renegade, the wind of Velasquez. They just keep throwing up the zeros. The Pittsburgh Pirates have been raising the Jolly Roger a lot this year. That was yesterday's win, 2-0 against the Reds. As you heard Greg Brown speak, they have won seven straight games. And Bob Walk talked about the incredible pitching that they have had over that stretch. Now, we have to keep in mind those wins and that pitching came against the Colorado Rockies and the Cincinnati Reds, two teams that are not doing well. That said, however, we can't deny the kind of start the Pirates have been off to. They have won almost 70% of their games. They're 16-7, and and they currently sit in first place in the NL Central. 
They have a one-half game lead over the Milwaukee Brewers. Now, a couple of days ago, the Pirates have shown that they really think they have the right man running the show, manager Derek Shelton. They have extended his contract. As of this morning, I've seen no terms to that deal, but nonetheless, he has a contract extension. The 52-year-old who has been managing the Pirates since 2020. One of the first things that Derek Shelton got a chance to do after learning that he was going to be extended was to welcome a new player to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Let's go. Let's go, man. This is awesome. This is awesome. How are you doing? I'm great, man. Congratulations, man. This is awesome. I'm so happy for you. This is so sick. Dude, I, I can't believe it. I'm so I'm proud of you, man. Never give up on your dream, man. So you could hear the excitement there of Derek Shelton as he welcomed Drew Maggi to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Drew had been called up from double-A with the Pirates in Altoona. Now, players are called up a lot, and it's always exciting when you call up a player. But what's the big deal here? Why was, why was Derek Shelton so excited? Why did he make that statement, never give up on your dream? Well, if you do not know the story about Drew Maggi, you're about to learn at least part of it. Drew Maggi was drafted by the Pittsburgh Pirates in the 15th round out of Arizona State University in 2010. In the 13 years since, Drew has played for five different organizations. This is his second time around with the Pirates. He also played winter baseball in the Dominican Republic and also played in Mexico. So in 13 years, he has played 1,155 minor league games. If you add in his time in the Dominican and Mexico, it's 1,169. 1,169 games, zero major league games. But there's another twist to the story. Drew Maggi was actually called up to the major leagues in 2021, called up by the Minnesota Twins. He was on the taxi squad. He spent two days with the team, but he did not play. Now, his time in Pittsburgh could also be short. He did not play in yesterday's game, but hopefully he will make his Major League debut very, very soon. But that's just a great story. A guy just sticking with it, grinding it out, putting in the work, having the patience. And that is a reason why not only Derek Shelton, but a whole lot of people, not only Pirates fans, a whole lot of people are very happy and very excited for Drew Maggi. Now there's another team that's gotten off to a very good start, but that shouldn't surprise anybody. This team has been good for a while. This organization has been good for a while. But this good? (laughs) The Tampa Bay Rays have won all 13 of their home games that they've played so far in 2023. And overall, they have won, they have a winning percentage of 864. They are currently 19-3 and on the season. That is an absolutely remarkable start. Again, everybody expects them to be good, but that 19-3 and is outstanding. Now, what I'm about to say is not in any way taking away from the Tampa Bay Rays. But for those of you that are younger, and because... I grew up in Michigan and have been a lifelong Tiger fan. I just want to point something out. The Rays are 19 and 3, 864 winning percentage. But the Rays would need to go 16 and 2 over their next 18 games 
to match the start of the 1984 Detroit Tigers. That team started the season 35-5. and Think about that. A major league team starting a season 35-5. and And that was a magical season for the Tigers and Tiger fans because they went on to win the World Series beating the San Diego Padres. Surprises are there. Surprises will continue to come through the season. I do not know that anybody is surprised by what's going on with the Oakland A's, and that on a number of levels. First of all, I don't think people are surprised that they are terrible. They're almost the exact opposite, record-wise, of the Tampa Bay Rays. They've won less than 20% of their games. They currently stand at 4-18. and I think their team ERA is over 8. I don't think anybody's surprised that they are dead last in Major League Baseball for average attendance, averaging just over 13,000 fans per game. I don't think people are surprised about that. As a matter of fact, back in early April, it may have been April 5th, they had a game, I believe it was against Cleveland, in which there were just over 3,000 fans at that game, maybe 3,300. That same night, there were 13 AAA games played. And 11 of those 13 AAA games had more fans in attendance than the Oakland A's did. But get this. That same week, there were seven SEC games. Now remember, we're in baseball season, not football season. Seven SEC college baseball games with more fans than the Oakland A's. Now the A's are terrible. And it's a tough time to be an A's fan. But they have a long history. It goes back all the way to 1901. And they've had plenty of success. They were the Philadelphia A's from 1901 to 1954. The Kansas City A's from 55 to 67. And then they moved to Oakland in 1968. And they are still there. The A's franchise has had nine World Series titles. Including three in a row in the 70s. 72, 73, and 74. And their last World Series title in 1989 when they beat the San Francisco Giants in the Bay Area Series. And of course, that was the year of the earthquake and the World Series being interrupted by the big earthquake in the Bay Area. Something else that probably is not going to be a surprise to anybody who's following the game, though there are many of people that are disappointed about it, but it appears that Oakland will be leaving. The A's, I should say, will be leaving Oakland. It appears that the A's name will go with them. Wednesday, they announced that they have signed a binding contract to purchase land in Las Vegas. Their intent is to build a new ballpark that will be ready to open in 2027. There are still many things that have to come about, many hoops to go through or hurdles to jump over, whatever you want to say, but it appears they're on their way out of Oakland to Los Angeles. But that new ballpark, if all goes well, will not be ready till 2027. Their current lease in Oakland expires after the 2024 season, after next year. So if all of this works out, the question is, where will the A's play in 2025 and 2026? One option is to extend their lease in Oakland for those two years. Another option being thrown around is that they would play in the ballpark already in Las Vegas, which is their AAA team. And it has been a AAA ballpark at a AAA city for decades. We'll have to wait and see. Now, turning our attention away from the teams to players. 
it would seem that for this player, nothing he does should surprise us anymore. But he continues to do things that ought to surprise us. And the 3-2. He strikes out six in a row. Seven scoreless, 11 strikeouts. What a performance from Shohei Otani. So that was his start on Friday against the Kansas City Royals. Seven innings, no runs, 11 strikeouts. He began the game by striking out the side in the first. He ended his part of the game, his seven innings, striking out the final six batters he faced. Otani is again scheduled to get on the mound against another team struggling, a team I just talked about, the Oakland A's. He's scheduled to start on Thursday. But listen to these numbers. Through five starts this season, 2023, Otani has a 0.64 ERA. He has a 0.82 whip, walks and hits per innings pitched. He has a 0.92 opponent's batting average against. And he has a 115 opponent's slugging percentage against, which is the lowest in the first first five starts of a season for any pitcher with 10 or more innings. And they're using that because they're eliminating the, the openers. Since 1893, that's been a while, he's given up eight hits in 105 at-bats, which is the lowest for any starter for the first five starts of a season with at least 20 innings pitched since at least 1901. This guy is amazing. We should never, you know, people talk about, well, yeah, okay, Otani, let's move on from Otani. I hope we never do. I hope we never cease to be amazed at what God has given us the opportunity to watch in this guy and what he has done and continues to do. Another very good pitcher, a guaranteed future Hall of Famer, gave us a surprise this past week. Some would argue he didn't give us the surprise. Major League Baseball did. Whatever the case may be, on Wednesday, Max Scherzer started a game for the Mets in New York against the Los Angeles Dodgers. He pitched three innings. When he went to go out to the mound in the fourth inning, he was ejected. And he spoke to the media after the game. So after the second inning, uh, you know, my hand, it was a little clumpy uh, from the rosin and sweat that it was clumpy. And Phil was, told me to wash off. So I washed it off. Uh, you know, came back out there after the third, you know, with alcohol. You know, I washed it with alcohol um, and rosin. And when I went back out there, um, you know, the alcohol for a little bit there can be sticky if, in rosin. It, that can happen. So he's like, that's too sticky. You need to go back on there, wash it off again, and reapply uh, the rosin. And so I did that. And then at the same time, he thought my glove had too much rosin on it. And I was like, okay, if that's a problem, you know, there's there's nothing going on. It, you know, he's like, you need a new glove. Like, okay. So I come back out, uh, pitch the third. Uh, and knew I was going to get checked in the fourth. So I, I'd have to be an absolute idiot to do, try to do anything when I'm coming back out for the fourth. So, in the in the you know after that third inning, um, I'm in front of the MLB official that's that's underneath here. I wash my hand with alcohol in front of the official. Um, I then apply a rosin, and then I grab sweat. Um, when I then I then go back out there, and Phil Cuzzy says that my hand's too sticky. Uh, I, I don't get it. yes when you use sweat and rosin, your hand is sticky, but. I don't get how I get ejected when I'm when I'm in front of MLB officials doing exactly exactly what you want and being deemed my hands too sticky when I'm using legal substance. I do not understand that. So there you have it. That's why he was ejected, and that's his story. 
Some people are accusing Max Scherzer of cheating. Do you think he cheated? I don't. I agree with him. He would have to be an absolute idiot in that situation to do so. He knew. He had 100% certainty he was going to be checked. He would indeed have to be an absolute idiot to cheat. Now, when this was all going on before the fourth inning, Phil Cuzzy was talking to him, checking his hand, checking his glove. He said to him, I swear on my kid's life, I'm not using anything else. Well, despite that, I'm not a big fan of that kind of a statement, but I don't think there's any reason to believe that he cheated. Now, what you just heard was a post-game press conference, and at the end of that, the reporters asked him about how he would respond as it regards a suspension, or at that time, a potential suspension. And Scherzer basically said, I'm not going to comment on that. That is a legal matter. Most people at that time thought, I bet you he is going to um, appeal the suspension. Well, the next day, Thursday, he received from Major League Baseball a 10-game suspension and a fine. And again, after hearing this, he spoke to the media. Extremely difficult. Um, You know, for me, uh, I just... I hope that uh, we can modify the rule. Um, you know, we want the, the intent of this rule was try to clean up the game of cleaning up the you know stuff that was really inc- causing spin rates to spike and all that stuff. Uh, it, I don't think it was a, intended to um, you know crack down on pitchers that were using legal substances. Um, I used legal substances. I did it. You know, I did it. Um, you know, for me, I wish there was a modification to. Uh, bring spin rates into play uh, to be able to let that be the threshold uh, of when the umpire can check. I still don't understand how I'm deemed cheating or you know guilty of that uh, without that going on. So, like I said, hopefully uh, cooler heads can prevail and here in the future, and we can make an adjustment to this rule. Now, I, I faced the Dodgers. I told them, well, I, you know, I, got, I know those guys. I told them, hey, this is what I did. They understood. They know me. I, I got my reputation in the game. The players understand. The players understand this. Players understand what I did. They know they know they know what I'm about. Ultimately, Scherzer did not appeal. So he is suspended ten games. He will be able to return to the Mets on May first. Until then, the Mets have to play with a twenty five man roster. They cannot replace Max Scherzer. Max said that the players understand. Of course, he played for the Los Angeles Dodgers. That was the team he was a pitching against when all of this happened. He talked about his good reputation, and I think that is undoubtedly so. I actually saw a video of David Cohn demonstrating Max Scherzer or what Max Scherzer would have been doing that day when he was cleaning off his hand with the alcohol and applying rosin and sweat. And David Cohn showed that the baseball would stick to his fingers even when the baseball was beneath his fingers and he had gravity pulling down on that baseball. So all of these things, I think, would indicate that Max Scherzer did not cheat. And, not surprisingly, his manager, Buck Showalter, has his back. Good, good. Max is always good. He's always competing. You know, it's certain snapshots I'll take out of yesterday. One is uh, him being the front of the line when he came off the field. You know, he, uh, he loved what his teammates did behind him. And uh, he a uh, very competitive guy but he also always wants to do what's best for the team. And that's always been a common thread with him. 
Now, before that portion that I played for you, Buck Showalter said that he believed very clearly, um, unambiguously, that Max Scherzer was not guilty. But I wanted to play that clip because of what Buck Showalter said. One thing I think anybody can see watching Max Scherzer, that he's very competitive. But the last line, he always wants to do what's best for the team. What a compliment. To me, that's one of the highest compliments that any manager or teammate could give to a player. Now, some are suggesting, some are even asserting, that this was not just coincidental, that Max Scherzer definitely wasn't cheating, but this was a vendetta by Major League Baseball against Max Scherzer. And that would beg the question, why? Well, first of all, keep this in mind. He always wants to do what's best for the team. And that would apply not only to the uniform he's wearing, but given his history, it would apply to the team known as the Major League Baseball Players Association. Some people believe that this is a vendetta by Major League Baseball because of how outspoken Max has been about the rule changes. And, don't forget this, Max Scherzer was a member of the executive subcommittee of the Major League Baseball Players Association, which would be eight players elected to that. He was on that subcommittee throughout the lockout. He's no longer on it, but he was through the lockout. And if you remember, all eight members, that would include Max Scherzer, voted against accepting the collective bargaining agreement that was made by the owners. But the union overall accepted it. But Max and the others voted against it being approved. And here's another thing. Max Scherzer is a client of Scott Boris. And I'd be surprised if we all didn't have a few more surprises from this incident with Max Scherzer and Major League Baseball before it's all said and done. But that's a conversation for another day. Join us next time for In the Bullpen on the Fight Laugh Feast Network. Thank you for listening.